Hey everyone, welcome to the Bursting the Bubble podcast. I am Pramit, joined as always by Andy, Rohit, and Ishis. We got a good episode today, very interesting episode. Let's talk about our rankings of wide receivers. Uh, so, yeah, here we go. Uh, so let's just go through, before we start, um, let's just go through our compiled list. So before this, uh, all four of us created our top 10 list of wide receivers, both in real life and in fantasy. And we compiled that list to create a uh, like a, a, comp- a compiled list of our top 10. Um, so we'll start off with real life. Um, we can start off with the first position, and it is not really a surprise in my opinion, and that's Julio Jones. All of us thought that he was number one, except for one man, and that <laughs> man was Ishis. So Ishis, go ahead and tell him why you thought Julio is number two. I mean, I understand Julio is the most consistent out of all these wide receivers. But at the end of the day, the season that Michael Thomas had last year is he set the record for receptions at the end of the day. And the season he had is too good for not for me not to put him at number one. I mean, I understand Julio is consistent and he has all the, he has the size, the speed and everything. But I mean, the amount of times that Michael Thomas was thrown to and the amount of times he caught it is just too much for me to not put him up there. Honestly. Yeah, I, I, I see. I think, uh, the whole thing about him catching essentially every pass that was thrown his way is a very good point. And also, I mean, another point is like for like six weeks out of the year, like Teddy Bridgewater was there, still didn't matter. You know, Michael Thomas still catching everything. So that's one of the best things for a receiver, honestly. Like for to to prove their worth, if you get rid of your starting quarterback and they're still, yeah. dude. I just want to point out that Michael Thomas got Teddy Bridgewater the starting job at Carolina. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. Like his stats, his stats with Teddy Bridgewater, I feel like we're actually a little bit better with Drew Brees uh-huh. on average. So he's like, yeah, I'll do other shit so I can have Michael Thomas when it matters. But I guess it didn't. Yeah. Um, it's just to your point, uh, how would you, how do you think the uh, the Saints would do if they had Julio instead of Michael Thomas? I mean, that's also a, like Promet's point from last time, like the situation you're in, the and, you know, yeah. that it. the wide receivers. We're trying to do it in a vacuum. We're mm-hmm. not trying to rank their seasons. We're just trying to say right now for the next season, in a vacuum, who 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 is the better player? Like a, an ideal situation, are you saying? In, in, uh, in a vacuum, you know, like yeah, like just on their own. On on their own. What does that mean, though? You can compare their ideal situations to each other. Yes, if you yeah, want. Yeah. So, and say every receiver gets their ideal situation. Who is the best? I think Michael Thomas is in his ideal situation. And who yeah. he was two year, two three years ago. And yeah. he put up numbers that were better than Michael Thomas's. And yeah. he, I feel like he was a better receiver. Um, yeah, better receiver. And he's, I, I think he still is. I think he's... Yeah, I think he still is. I think it's he's tough to... He's like to... right now. Um, he still has a couple of years um, ahead of him. Michael Thomas does have youth on his side, I will be honest. Yeah, I think, I think in two years, Michael Thomas will be number one on this list. Yeah, if everything holds up, I, I will yeah. completely agree with that. But right now, I think Julio's still looking. Yeah. Again, we're all nitpicking here. Yeah, this is this picking like, These are great receivers. Like the one and two best receivers. It's pretty boring because it's just. Yeah. I think me yeah. and uh, Andy were the only ones with the exact same. I promise you yeah. put Michael Thomas at three. We're on the topic of Michael Thomas. Yeah. So Michael yeah. Thomas was our number two guy. Uh, Andy and Rohit put him at number two. We just saw that each just put him at one. Uh, I put him at three, and this is again I think about the whole looking at a receiver in a vacuum. And I think Michael Thomas was in his ideal situation last year, and he is again this year. 
Um, but I put for number two is DeAndre Hopkins uh, because I think that DeAndre Hopkins, looking back at the point he just said about Michael Thomas thriving with Teddy Bridgewater, well, DeAndre Hopkins thrived with Brock Osweiler. And he has thrived with absolute, just incredibly forgettable names at quarterback. Tom that is not a forgettable name. Tom Savage, you will remember um, that. That's, uh, I remember him for that hit that he took. That was rough. Bruh. Yeah. DeAndre Hopkins, to me, is the definition of a quarterback-proof receiver and someone who will succeed no matter who is throwing him the ball. Like I could be throwing him the ball, and I feel like he would be able to catch it. So his catch radius is insane. He's physical, and he's just he will bully the ball away from any defender. I think he is as close to unguardable as Julio, almost. I feel like Julio and, and DeAndre are 1A and 1B to me uh, in terms of how unguardable they are for different reasons. Uh, but I think DeAndre Hopkins, not only is he going to be good with Kyler, I think he's just he's going to be good with no matter who is throwing him the ball. Uh, I can't say the same for Michael Thomas. Mm-hmm. I mean, we have all the same three guys up yeah. front, so I feel like these guys are in their own tier. Yeah, like the yeah. tier one guys. Yeah, tier one, for sure. Definitely. So let's just move on to tier two. I think we've got Tyreek. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, just before yeah, so uh, consensus number two is Michael Thomas. Consensus number three was Hopkins, and consensus number four is Tyreek. So go ahead. So far, my list exactly mirrors the consensus. So I guess yeah. that's good for me. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, I hate Tyreek Hill as a person, uh, but man, he is so fun to watch, and I hate that I like to watch him. But man, he's broken. That that level of top flight speed is just such. It's such a good weapon to pair with Mahomes and Andy Reid. And he's in a great situation for himself. Um, they use him so well, so I, I, I just put him. Yeah, he's in. He's in a great spot at this top of the tier two here. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't think any receiver can break a game like Tyreek can. Yeah. That has to be worth at least top of tier two. I, they, they can yeah. get ten yards every time down if they want. Huh? Me and Ishis both put uh, Devonte above Tyreek. Uh, I just wanted to talk a little bit about that. Um, for me, I think I, I agree that Tyreek can break a game open at any point, but I, I think that Devontae is a more consistent receiver, especially with Aaron Rodgers just putting it right in his breadbasket when he needs it. And um, I, I will say that Tyreek Hill has been getting a lot better with like route running. Um, when he came in, he was a very uh, unpolished rookie. Uh, he would just run down the field and, you know, Alex Smith would find him. Um, I remember the first game, and again, I'm sorry, uh, Pramit, uh, his first game against the Patriots <laughs> of the 2017 season. Um, he just... What a game. Right I don't remember. I don't know what game you're talking about, Andy. I don't remember any game being played. You should know it, dude. You yeah, had Kareem Hunt. And, and there was Kareem Hunt on the bench. <laughs> it was um, Kareem Hunt. <laughs> but yeah, like I, I feel like I value Devontae's consistently a little bit more than Reek's ability to open up a game at any capacity. Um, again, nitpicking, but... I mean, I just think Devontae, like, off the break, is just such a good route runner to create space for himself. Best route runner in the game. You're right, exactly. What's one thing I... Oh, sorry. I mean, <laughs> one thing I wanted to put in there is... Um, I was just curious, like, Rohit, you, you always make the argument about, you know, don't draft the fastest receiver in the draft. And, you know, you give examples of, like, John Ross and Hayward Bay, right? I did. I was just wondering if Tyreek wasn't drafted the Chiefs, where would he be right now? He was drafted <laughs> in the third round. And he wait he went wait he went in the third round I think because of his domestic violence issues in college. Uh-huh. Um, 
where would he be right now? I don't know. Probably on the Raiders. Because like, I feel like, <laughs> yeah, I know. I just feel like Tyree Kill is the this... poster child for speed kills, right? But like, those yeah, players, he has Tyree Kill is like, I, for lack of a better way to put it, he's both quick and fast. Where those other guys are just kind of like yeah. yep. line speed. Tyree Kill can jump out of the gym. He makes those great contested catches. Those other guys, they just have speed, and that's not enough. But what Tyree has is the whole package. And if Henry Ruggs has the whole package, then kudos for the Raiders. But mm-hmm. yeah, because I feel like out of the draft, we always think, oh, this guy's fast, but he can also do this other stuff. Maybe he could like, you know, run slants properly or do this stuff. But uh, sometimes it just doesn't work out. And for Tyree, could just happen to you know fall the puzzle, you know, the pieces fell in the right place, and you when know it worked out for him. Physically talented, I feel like he would be used properly, or he would be right. pretty close to ideally anywhere. That, that's mm-hmm. too much to not use. Yeah. Right. All right. So Tyreek was our number four. Uh, me and Rohit had him at four, and uh, Ishis and Andy had him at five. Uh, our number five consensus receiver was just talked about, Devontae Adams. Uh, a little bit. Yeah. yeah. Ishis and Andy had him at four. Rohit has him at six. I had him at eight. Uh, I see your point about Devontae being the best. Sorry, Rohit had him at seven. I had him at eight. Um, Oh, never mind. Rohit had him at six. I had him at seven. I cannot read. My bad. Yeah, you're reading the columns. That's fine. Yeah, I'm reading the columns. Um, yeah, Devontae, best route runner in the game. I also I agree with that. Um, but to me, it came down to who are some guys who can succeed with... Uh, like, it always, to me, the, the mark of a good receiver is someone who can succeed uh, even with a bad quarterback. And Devontae's game, I feel, is super precise and it helps that he has one of the best passers in the league throwing to him and that's the reason why his game can thrive uh i just i feel like some of these other guys are just such raw talents who are also i want that they're not as good at route running but at that high level it doesn't really mm-hmm. matter that much to me um these guys have the physical abilities that Devonte doesn't have right. um some names like Mike Evans, and we're going to talk about him next, OBJ. Um, I think those guys are just a tier, uh, not a tier, but they're a step above Devontae Adams just because same. of their physical gifts. Definitely. Uh, but other than that, yeah, Prem, it's pretty much that exactly what I was going to say. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, let's just talk about OBJ next then. Uh, number six consensus. Uh, Andy had him at six. Uh, Ishis had him at six. Rohit had him at seven, and I had him at five. So, uh, Rohit, do you want to start? Yeah, uh, he would be higher, but he burned me last year <laughs> in fantasy. I, I, I'm a huge Odell Beckham fan. I just think he, he's the arguably one of the most talented receivers in the game. These other guys... Certainly they, the most flashiest. He's the flashiest. I love him. He's so fun to watch. He had, he had like, top-tier speed. Uh, he has top-tier hands, top-tier route running. He can go up and get it. He, he can beat anyone, but... I, I, he he has not been performing at the high level that he can. I'm praying for his sake and our sake as football fans that he can get it together with Baker and really start taking the top off defenses again. Because when he was doing that, it was really fun to watch. Uh, he would be higher if he were more consistent, but he's not. Yeah. So yeah. I got nothing to say after that. That was pretty pretty comprehensive. Yep. Yeah. Just... I mean, we might discuss this in fantasy, but I feel like people are really down on him after last year. And yeah. what happened but like i feel like talent wise like i never saw i very rarely saw odell do something odell do something where <laughs> i felt you know he's not the same receiver that i saw in new york you know i feel like a lot of the situation that he was in with freddie kitchens and 
having like no prior um, experience with Baker to get used to him. I feel like that ha- had a lot of effect on his stats, first of all, and how he was doing on- and how the team was doing in general. So I feel like with the new um, coach and more experience with Baker, they might be on the same page and he might definitely bounce back this year. He might. So I have high ups for him. He might definitely bounce back. He might definitely. <laughs> I'm not even making fun of Isha. That's a great way to put it. <laughs> yeah, for Odell. It's, it's, he's a might definitely kind of guy. Yeah. I have high ups for him. Yeah. I still believe in OBJ's talent. Yeah. Um, all right, so let's move on to number seven on our list, uh, and that is Mike Evans. Uh, Andy has him at number nine. Isis has him at number seven. Rohit has him at number five, and I have him at number six. Um, so, Andy, you want to talk about Mike? Yeah, so right now, I think, or at least last season, Mike Evans was in his ideal situation. Uh, he had a very... Uh, Pass happy quarterback throwing to <laughs> that's it. A, that's a nice way to put it. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, any opportunity Jameis had, he would just throw it to Mike Evans. And um, that's why you saw those great stats with Mike Evans and Chris Godwin. Um, and I feel like, uh, you know, those stats might not necessarily be reflective of what Mike Evans can do. Um, I, I, I feel like it, overrates him a little bit uh which is why i put him below the likes of amari cooper and keenan allen um like mike evans doesn't have the route running but of course he has the ability to just go up and get a ball um and honestly i i value route running a lot more so than just being able to catch a ball because uh that's that's still like a 50 50 to me uh it might like raise raise the odds to like 80, 20 or whatever, but with good route running, you're going to get open every single time. Um, and that to me is a little bit more valuable than just being able to moss someone. Um, that's why I have him a little bit lower than uh, the great runner, great route runners and Keenan Allen and Amari Cooper. Yep. That's a, that's a fair thought process at least. Um, I'll, I'll go next. Cause I had him the highest. So I can, yep. I can uh, fight for my guy. I have, a, I've had Mike Evans for, in, in for a couple of years now in fantasy and this man is just so consistently good and yeah he's in a he, I wouldn't say ideal situation with Jameis he was in a pretty solid situation but even before this year the last couple of years I think he's in his um he, he was playing with some poor quarterbacks he made Johnny Manziel a first round pick uh by himself at Texas A&M and he's he's had thousand yards every season he doesn't get injured He's a big guy. His his skills aren't really like going anywhere. He's a, he's still gonna be big. He's still gonna have great hands. Um, he's still gonna be able to beat people in one on one coverage. Uh, and I I do value that over Amari Cooper because Amari Cooper was in another situation where he couldn't excel. And Mike Evans, uh, he he's been excelling with uh, below average quarterback play. And I do value that very highly. Yep. I uh. Yeah, I agree with 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 Evans. I think he's just physically. I think he's just a cut above the guys that you talked about, Andy. And I think you wouldn't dispute that. Um, I just think that I tend to value that more as well in my rankings because, like Rod said, that stuff's not going anywhere. Like he's he's still going to be the guy who can who can moss you, and who's just going to consistently produce. Uh, I think I think he's he's a great receiver. Um. So that's number seven. Let's move on to number. 
I mean, yeah, you guys pretty much got all the points. Yeah, I mean, size-wise, he's just um, six a freak. Yeah, I mean, and the consistency with, you know, Jameis or Fitzpatrick <laughs> is, you know, a good thing on his resume. So, yeah, props to him. All right. Uh, number eight on our consensus is going to be Amari Cooper. Uh, I have him at number eight. Uh, Rohit has him at number eight. Ishis has him at number nine. And Andy has him at number seven. Uh, so Ishis, you want to talk about Amari? Um, yeah, I think Amari's very similar to Mike Evans with the you know the speed, the size. I would say his route running might be a little better, but the consistency with them has uh, was a little off for like his career. And Mike Evans' consistency basically felt for me to put him over um, Cooper essentially. I think they're completely different receivers. There, the, the, uh, Amari Cooper is nowhere near as big as Mike Evans, and Mike Evans. His route running is nowhere close to Amari Cooper. Yeah. I, I didn't mention that, but Amari Cooper is like more of in this in the mold of Devontae and Keenan to me. More, mm-hmm. yes, I like that comparison. And Amari Cooper, unbelievable route runner, and uh, him on the sideline is, is unbelievable hard. tiptoe catches. He's it's so casual for him too. Him and, him and Hop is one and two on the sideline because he's really good. Him, he's in a good situation, probably an ideal situation with Dak. But uh, he is a little lower than the other people on the, on this list for me, just because of his time with the Raiders. Uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, I actually want to talk about that time with the Raiders. I feel like Amari Cooper gets a lot of flack for that. Yes. And, you know, as a Raiders fan, as a staunch Raiders fan myself, um, watching those games where Derek Carr just did not throw it to Amari Cooper was so frustrating. Amari Cooper was consistently one of the best receivers at getting separation. And Derek Carr would just, you know, throw it to Jared Cook, throw it to Jalen Richard, just throw it to the backfield and not even look downfield. It was so frustrating for me to see. And I, I, I honestly don't give him any flack for that. Uh, those two very poor Oakland seasons. Um, he was still one of the best route runners even if the stats didn't show up. Uh, I know he had some issues with drops. A lot of issues. Yeah, that was, that was definitely inexcusable, but I think he's corrected that uh, a lot with uh, his play in uh, on Dallas right now. Um, yeah, I, I don't I don't like holding the drops in the past issue against someone now because even Devontae, man, he was yeah, he had yeah, a exactly. huge problem with that. But, I mean, I won't, it's I won't clear that they've improved. Against him, but the rest of these receivers, I mean, most of the receivers of Bama pretty much – succeeded everywhere and he's like the one guy that has not succeeded everywhere but like right now i think he's in a good spot at eight i haven't ranked at eight uh so yeah 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 i think watching his route running is just it's, it's beautiful dude it's poetry in motion yeah all right um so let's move on to our number nine receiver and that is yeah that's like Rohit said very very similar to amari and that's keenan allen uh, me and Rohit both had him at number nine, uh, and Ishis and Andy both had him at number eight. Um, I mean, personally, I just feel like his route running is second behind Devontae. I mean, he's not the biggest guy, he's not the fastest guy, but his ability to control his body and, you know, create space for himself is pretty up there. And for that, I just thought he was a little better than Cooper, and as well as with the consistency as well. Yeah, I, I definitely, he has a consistency edge over Amari. Um, I think but that also might be because, well, he's played with one team, right? With one mm-hmm. quarterback. And that quarterback clearly trusted him. Um, but I think 
Keenan is below Amari just for me because of, um, like Rohit pointed out, the sideline game. This also might be because I don't watch as much Keenan as Amari highlights. I've seen, I, I know their route running is, is both incredible, but um, I look to see the kind of catches that Amari makes for the, uh, for, uh, the Cowboys. And I feel like Amari Cooper made Dak Prescott look better than Keenan Allen made Phillip Rivers look. In the they path. both are great quarterbacks, but I, I, they're both great wide receivers. But I think that Amari Cooper elevated his quarterback more than Keenan Allen did. Uh, mm-hmm. While I do have Keenan at the same spot, I don't think I entirely agree with that. Just because Philip Rivers was a shell of his former self, when Philip Rivers was at, was competent, I think Keenan Allen elevated him just as much as Amari Cooper. Like take last season for example, when Philip Rivers still had some semblance of an arm, he was falling. <laughs> like even earlier in this season, Keenan Allen was falling because Philip Rivers just has that trust in him. Um, I do have him slightly under Amari Cooper just because I think Amari Cooper is a better athlete, uh, and right. that. That is a great thing to have, but uh, Keenan has, we've already been over this, but he has better body control and route running. So. Yeah. Uh, Andy, any last words on Keenan? No, I think you guys covered everything. All right. Uh, and that'll bring us to the last spot on our top 10 list, and that's Kenny Galladay at number 10. Um, so Andy has Kenny Galladay at number yeah. 10. Isis does not have Kenny Galladay. I do not have Kenny Galladay on my list. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Roth has him at 10 as well. So why don't you guys who are higher on him? Yeah. Um, as in, as a Kenny Galladay owner in fantasy for the past good part of the last two years, um, I've watched a lot of lot more Lions games than I would like to admit. Uh, and that's only for one reason, Kenny Galladay. Um, he is... Uh, he's not a great route runner um but he's fantastic with the jump ball um he will physically body uh, other smaller cornerbacks and just get the ball and also i feel like an underrated part of his game uh is his ability to catch a touchdown um i feel like uh catching touchdowns as a wide receiver is a much more important trait to look at or sorry the number of touchdowns that a wide receiver has is a much more it's much more indicative of a wide receiver skills than a right uh, than for a running back um because there's not enough space to operate in the red zone uh and being able to win just win uh the route is like something that's huge for me and uh time and time again kenny goodall was the only option that matthew stafford was throwing to uh and i think it was david blau uh towards the end of the year um yeah, he just had he was a monster for the Lions and he kept them in contention for like in the first half of the season. Yeah, uh for me, uh I have him and Allen Robinson as practically the same. I just put Galladay a little higher just just based off of feel. I I wouldn't be mad at either one, but I think Galladay's just a smidge better, but I have no real reason why, so yeah, fuck. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, I mean, I can't say Galladay doesn't deserve to be in the top 10. He's definitely talented, and he's definitely underrated being on the Lions, and, you know, Lions don't really win that many games. So people, he's not really a household name, but talent-wise and um, his route-running ability, he's definitely uh, one of the top receivers in the league. Um, I just couldn't put him in the top 10 for other reasons. Uh, what reasons? Well, we can discuss in honorable mentions, I guess. We can just, I mean, I, I, this would be a smooth segue right now. I might as well do it now. 
Okay, I mean, yeah. So our two honorable mentions were uh, Allen Robinson, who Promet put in his 10, and I personally put A.G. Green. Uh, Promet, do you want to talk about Robinson? Okay, uh, yeah, so I'll start. My number 10 wide receiver was Allen Robinson. Uh, like I was saying before, I feel like the best indicator of a great wide receiver is being able to succeed with a mediocre quarterback. Uh, and that is exactly what Allen Robinson did. He had almost 100 catches. He had over 1,000 yards and seven touchdowns this year. Um, and he's been, he had Mitch Trubisky throwing the ball to him, probably the worst, one of the worst quarterbacks this season. Um, he also had Blake Bortles throwing him the ball in Jacksonville. Um, and he was still able to produce in Jacksonville. I just think he's an underrated receiver. And I think last season was uh, one of the most clear instances of uh, a wide receiver being able to succeed uh, regardless of his situation. I just think that's got to be worth something. Mm-hmm. Definitely, definitely. Yeah. Um, yeah, I put AJ Green as my 10th. I just had to fit him in there because I feel like when he's he- healthy, he's definitely a top like wide receiver in this league. He's definitely dealt with injuries in the past and bad you know quarterback play sometimes but when he's on the field he definitely impacts the game and he definitely elevates his team and puts out the numbers like he's he's got the speed he's got the size and when he's healthy i think he's definitely one of the top receivers in the league yeah all right can't go wrong with any of these guys yeah all right so that's our top 10 i'll just go through one more time uh real life fantasy uh, real life wide receivers we have julio jones michael thomas DeAndre Hopkins, Tyreek Hill, Devontae Adams, Odell Beckham Jr., Mike Evans, Amari Cooper, Keenan Allen, and then Kenny Galladay. Uh, so now let's move over to our fantasy top 10. Um, number one, not much of a debate here. It's going to be Michael Thomas. Uh, all of us had him at one, except for <laughs> the contrarian, Ishis, who had him at number two. Um, so... I guess I'll start with Michael Thomas, why I think he's going to be the number one fantasy guy this year. You have a brain? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I have a brain, Ishis. Uh, this guy came off, what, 147? Nine. Nine. Yeah. Okay. Set the record for NFL completions. He is target machine. He's a catch machine, PPR machine, uh, yardage machine. He's a Twitter drama machine. He does he does everything that you want from a star wide receiver. Um, I think in terms of fantasy, he's probably one of the most valuable assets you can have, which is a wide receiver that is going to get you almost 20 points every week, and especially in PPR formats. Um, I just don't see any reason to believe that's going to change this year. Like, nothing has changed. That situation is still the same. Um, I think he's going to eat. And it's not much of a hot take, really, for that. Yeah, basically what Promet said. I'm I'm just excited to hear Ishis's justification for Julio, five receiver at the number yeah, one spot. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah. and he switched Julio and MT in the real life, so he had uh, Michael Thomas. Uh, this is going to be fascinating for man. real life, and Michael Thomas at two for fantasy. Okay. So please yeah. proceed. Okay, it's the end of the day, this is fantasy, and. I definitely thought about this a lot. I think about this a lot when it comes to like how to win in fantasy. And at the end of the day, for the past like three, four years, there's always this wide receiver that we think is going to be the best receiver every year. You know, like last year, it was what, like Devontae or Tyreek, right? But yeah, it's, I think it was Devontae. Devontae, okay. Yeah. And, and it's, at the end of the day, it's just super difficult to guess. Like we're not that good in order to guess who's the number one receiver. 
So odds are it might not be Michael Thomas at the you know at the end of next year. Is that it's odds are? No, but so the thing is, every like for the past like what five six years, every year, no matter what, Julio is always like at that number two spot, at that number three spot, and his consistency is just something that I value more in a fantasy wide receiver. Because at the end of the day, I don't want you know my wide receiver to get injured or you know like not perform where he's where he could perform. So in terms of just consistency and like being safe, I think Julio is just a better option. Because at the end of the day, he's gonna give you know those thousand yard season. You know he's gonna get the touchdowns, uh, like four or five at least, right? So at the end of the day, it's a safer option. So and if I wanted to win my fantasy league, I would go for Julio. Personally. I think Michael Thomas is safer. He's he's guaranteed for, I'd say, I'd say guaranteed for fourteen hundred yards this year. Guaranteed. Guaranteed. Okay, what did you think about Devontae last year? I mean, he got injured. You oh, he got injured. No, but like, that's what I'm saying. Julio is not going to get injured, though. That's the thing. How, how, can, how can you say that? Because he's so consistent, dude. I'm just that confident that he's that consistent. He's always there at that number two spot or number three spot. He's always there no matter what, dude. I mean, always. Michael Michael Thomas has not been hurt in his career. He's I mean, missed... did, De- did Devonta get hurt ever before? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, he got clocked. But, like, still. I yeah, mean, he has just, had concussion deals. It's just, yeah, it's just hard to guess who that... Like, at the end of the day, we don't know who the number one's going to be. It's going to be some guy. We just don't know. <laughs> but like, that's, that's a hot take. You should, yeah, it's no, going to be some like, guy. <laughs> it's going to be some guy, right? You don't know. But at the end of the day, I know for a fact that Julio's going to be in the top five. I, I think I, I, I can say for a fact that MT is going to be top three this year. Just simply because of what we saw no, but last like, year. Dude, we have this conversation every year. Every year. Like last year, I had this conversation. I was like so confident that Devontae would be in the top five. But he just wasn't, dude. I, and that like, was only so, because he got he hurt. He was so confident that Tyreek was going to be in the top five. Dude, look, look at Devontae Adams' production at the end of the fantasy season. He was no, putting up numbers. They're good. Yeah, so, too, are you, like, so why are, are you basically... If your argument is on health, then crap, man. Like, not, just, I mean, it's not all... I mean, you know, like, again, health is there. But, like, Julio's just always there that I just can't, like... He's just the safest option to me. Okay, at the end of the day, there's a couple spots here and there. I think the more interesting one is our number two spot, which we do have Julio at. I yeah, have Julio. Me yeah, and, go ahead. Me and Andy had DeAndre there. Um, and Well, let's let's talk about Julio first. Okay. Just real quick. Um, so Andy had him at four. He just had him at one, obviously. Rohit had him at five, and I had him at three. Um, so, yeah, I mean, we all, we all agree that Julio is a consistent dude. And he's gonna he's gonna show up in the top five probably because he does that every year, um, but it's just is the upside there to get him to number one? And I don't think so because um, he, he's he's not. Well, actually, I mean, he could he could be number one. I mean, we obviously See, don't like, know. That's the thing, like, but he's not. You're, in like the you're trying to you're trying to guess the number one guy. Like, it's not gonna, gonna, gonna be like, good Calvin Ridley next to him, who's gonna get better as a yeah. you know, couple years later down the line. Matt Ryan is not as good as Drew Brees, even though there's the age gap. And I just, I just think that Julio is not going to be the best fantasy receiver. He's he, like the other the people in front of him. I think are in much better situations than he. Yeah, are. I just yeah. think Michael Thomas is is in a much much better situation to just eat up all the targets yeah. and get all the. The, the three I put in front of Julio Jones were Michael Thomas, DeAndre Hopkins, and Tyreek Hill. And I think as of now, they're all in very good situations, better yeah. than Julio Jones, and that's really the sole reason why I put them above. Mm-hmm. Uh, so let's talk about Tyreek then. He was number three. Um, so Andy had him at number three. Roy had him at number four. He just had him at number three. I had him at number four. So pretty consistent all across the board. Um, he's 
Patrick Mahomes' deep threat, which is huge. Value. Would you call him his number one option? Nah, I'd say Kelsey. Kelsey's yeah. number one, right? But yeah. he's pretty close, and he's he's again we've talked about how you can explode a game, and if you're on the Chiefs and you can explode a game, it's, it's like putting it's, yeah. it's like putting gasoline next to uh, an already lit fire, whatever that is. <laughs> I, I come up with a better analogy, but I couldn't. You know, went with yeah, that's <laughs> that's pretty much it. The dude will set it on fire, um, and he's he's always you you, you want the weak winning performances from yeah. uh, someone you want someone who has the ability to just win the week for you that's that's Tyreek he'll put up some 40 point game sometime this season probably not as consistent I will say that's his knock I don't I don't think he's nearly as consistent as these other receivers but his his ceiling is just absolutely yeah he certainly isn't as consistent but I think he has a very like defined floor now he's no longer the like uh, odd week reek I like to call him um back uh back in like 2017 um where he'd re- produce games with like 15 16 points and then the next week it would be just five six um i think he's developed as a route runner himself he's able to pass uh catch short passes um and take them for gains with his uh, amazing speed so like he certainly now has a higher floor from before so i'd be very comfortable with taking him yeah he had a he's had it it, it kind of we i feel like we fall into this assumption that he's just a deep deep ball guy or whatever it, it almost feels like someone that fast should only be a deep ball guy or like a just a, a not like a, a huge target hog just a, a few catches a game few targets a game that he takes to the house uh, but he had like a hundred and uh, looking at the stats he had 137 targets in 2018 he had 89 targets last year but a lot of that could be chalked up to like the first five games that he was hurt um but in the games that he was playing, he had, what, 10 targets, 5 targets, 9 targets, 9 targets, 19 targets in one game. What game was that? I'm just curious. That was against Tennessee. Uh, he had oh, 8 right. targets, 8 targets, 7 targets. So, I mean, these are, these are like, just normal wide receiver 1 numbers. And then you have the added upside of him blowing open a week. So Yeah. And they also try to use him in the run game now with jet sweeps and whatnot. Yeah. Like, we all know the Chiefs have um, an infinite amount of pre-snap motions, and... You know, I, I feel like he gets he gets the ball like on an end around or whatever, like at least two or three times, and he always yep. takes it for a decent chunk of yardage. Yeah, for sure, for sure. All right, uh, let's move on to number four. Uh, that our consensus for number four for fantasy wide receiver is Devonte Adams. Uh, Andy has Devonte at five. Ishis has Devonte at four. Rohit has Devonte at seven, and I have Devonte at two. So Rohit, why don't you start? Uh, I think you should start because you were the highest. That's true. I am the highest one on Devontae. I just I just look at Devontae's uh, <laughs> last two seasons that he has played healthy, uh, and it's just it's incredible. It's like it is almost like Michael Thomas in terms of the consistency that he gets. He is in, he he is Aaron Rodgers, not just main target, but he's his only target. Like he he gets locked on, and he is. Like we talked about earlier, his route running, great separation. Um, he doesn't have his problem with drops that plagued him back in the in the day. Uh, and the dude is a target target monster. He's a reception monster. Uh, in PPR especially, he'll I feel like he's super valuable. Uh, and he's just the guy that if he isn't getting a touchdown, then it's okay because he caught 10 catches for 110 yards. So you still got your 16 to 17 points out of him. And 
I really value consistency at the wide receiver. And I think there are two wide receivers who are just a cut above everybody else in terms of consistency on a weekly basis. And that's Michael Thomas and Devontae Adams. And that's why I have them one and two. I think everybody else is good at the end of the season. Like we talked about Julio, he's consistent season to season, but week to week, he's not consistent. You'll get some games where he puts up like 25, 30 points, some games where he puts up about six or seven. Devontae and MT are the only two where every week it feels like you're getting double-digit games out of them. And I think that's so valuable. Uh, And I don't see any reason why that should change. Uh, I guess I'll counter that. Uh, Honestly, that did change my mind a little bit to make me want to push him up the rankings. But since I had him at seven, I'll explain the logic. I think Aaron Rodgers is uh, not going to be as good. I, I, uh, I know people have been burned in the past for thinking certain quarterbacks are done, but I, I do think Aaron Rodgers is on the tail end of his career. And I look at the quarterbacks that are throwing to the receivers uh, above him, and I, I, with the exception of Julio, I think they're all better than Aaron Rodgers. Um, and I, I, value, I value like being able to be matchup-proof and scheme-proof, and I think a lot of these receivers are a little more scheme-proof than Devontae. I do concede that he has insane volume and he's the only target, but uh, I don't know. I just, I'm not a huge fan. I mean, yeah. personally, I feel like Devontae can do a lot. Like, even if you think he can't run a streak, he can run it, like, perfectly to get open, and I feel like him and Aaron Rodgers are in such good sync that he can always get it to him, and he's his favorite target. Um, the only downside, I kind of, I got a little worried after, you know, they drafted Jordan Love, and, yeah. Jordan Love, and I feel like uh, Aaron Rod- might, like, be on his way out of Green Bay. So that worries me a little bit, but other than that, Devontae is definitely one of the most consistent fantasy wide receivers like in the league, definitely. Yep. Yep. Yeah. So he's he definitely on the list out there. Yeah, that's actually a big reason why I put him as low as I did at number five. Um, I'm a little bit worried about Jordan Love taking over and not giving Devontae the ball. Um, but other than that, like if, if Aaron Rodgers continues to play, even if he gets he regresses a little bit, Devontae is still his favorite target much like Jordy Nelson was a couple of years ago. Yep. And he's just continued to lock on him. And they have an amazing chemistry that uh, I, I think few QB wide receiver tandems have. Yep. Uh, I, I'm not worried about Jordan Love this season, at least. I don't yeah, think I mean, he I'm touches not- the field this season. Yeah. 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 All right. Uh, let's move on to our number five receiver. And the only reason he's number five is because Ishis is an idiot. <laughs> um, so let's just talk about DeAndre Hopkins real quick. Uh, Ishis will be last let's go go Andy Andy rated him as his number two receiver Rohit has him as his number two receiver I'm a little lower I have him as my number six receiver Ishis on the other hand does not even have him in his top ten so let's start with the guys who are high Andy and Rohit what do you think about DeAndre Hopkins on the Cardinals Uh, I think it was a lot of it was said when we talked about the real life rankings and that this guy can ball with literally anyone. Um, He balled with crap and he balled with Deshaun Watson. I think he's going to a great spot in um, Arizona with Kyler Murray. I'm a big fan of Kyler Murray. And granted, uh, the only knock I can think of uh, with Hopkins going to uh, a new team is the OBJ situation from last year. But I think Hopkins is more consistent than OBJ. Uh, I think he's one of the one of the receivers that are just so much fun to watch and so consistent at the fantasy wide receiver position that I just had him at my two position. 
I think he's going to explode this year. Yeah, um, I like him with paired with Kyler Murray as well in that uh, very fast offense, 70 snaps a game. Um, yeah, I when he had Deshaun Watson throwing it to, throwing it to him um, early in 2017, um, that was amazing to watch, and I think they'll get that you'll get that same type of production from uh, DeAndre Hopkins this year. Yeah, uh, Isis, why don't you try to justify why okay. he's not even in your top ten? I mean, he definitely. I I would expect him to be like top ten, but it's just <laughs> I'm a little worried, definitely. Because, I mean, last year, me and Rowett had the same conversation about Nodell. And the reasons where he's on a new team, it's a different scheme, you know. You might not get used to it. And, you know, he might not be in coordination with his quarterback. So, in terms of Hopkins, he is one of the best receivers, if not the best receiver in the league. No doubt. But I feel that on a new team, you know, the scheme definitely affects how much you produce in fantasy. At the end of the day, fantasy is all about opportunity. And... At the end of the day, um, if they don't throw it to him enough, he might not produce fantasy-wise. And at the same time, he doesn't have, due to COVID, right, he doesn't have enough time to practice with Kyler so that Kyler can get used to his motion and know how to throw it to him. Because I feel like when Kyler is in the pocket, and at the end of the day, he's not going to just decide to just throw it up to, you know, Hopkins. He's going to decide to throw it to who he feels comfortable is going to catch it. So I feel that Hopkins might not produce as expected due to him being in a new system and, you know, had not having enough time to, you know, get accustomed to the scheme and as well as um, getting accustomed to his quarterback. I think those are good points for any wide receiver except for Hopkins. No, but, like, at the end of the day, um, we all, like, we see these wide receivers like Julio and Hopkins, you know, like, completely outplay everyone else. But at the end of the day, these are professional athletes, like, like, remember, like, last year, obviously, I'm not going to make this argument again, but last year I asked you, right, who's be- how much better is Odell than Jarvis? You can make the same argument here, but, like, obviously, Hopkins is way better than all the other wide receivers on the Cardinals, but at the same time, they're still professional athletes. Like, they're not that much worse to the point where Kyler would just won't throw them the ball. Like, Larry Fragile is still a professional. Like, he's still a professional athlete who's been in this league for a while who can definitely play up to par, where, as well as the other weapons on this team where, like, if I was the Cardinals, I wouldn't just want to throw it to Hopkins every time. If I were at the end of the day, Hopkins every time, are you kidding me? <laughs> that's a It's about as full. No, I mean, like, if you want to, like, at the end of the day, they want to win the game. And if Hopkins is Hopkins, he's going to drag attention away from other people who might get open. Same thing with OBJ. Like, OBJ last year was getting a lot of attention because he is one of the most talented wide receivers in the league. And this what, helped Jarvis. What's helped, the difference? You know, Nick Chubb as well. Other than, other than the, the corona situation and the new system, if your point is that, uh, Hopkins is going to get covered like a number one receiver. I mean, he's been covered like a number one receiver. Yeah. Yes, but, you know, the Houston system is not the same as the Cardinal system. You know, like, I, I feel it doesn't like matter the system, I feel like the Cardinal system is even more favorable for him than yeah. the Texas system. I, based, I off agree of, with that. Yeah. based off of what? And, and they have a higher snap count, and Cliff Klingsbury is a, 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 comes from an yeah, area of offense where they don't like running the ball, and yeah. he will throw the ball more than Bill O'Brien let off. Yeah, and I get your reasons that you stated before about like COVID and not being able to adjust, and like it might affect him somewhat, but there's no reason it would drop him down to like below ten. Like he's still going to produce the same. Like yeah, I definitely expect him. Like he should be in the top ten realistically, but you never know. Like where was OBJ last year? Never know. What is that reason? Where where was OBJ last year? He was like. What like thirty or something? The thing is, Hopkins has the record of producing with no one 
at quarterback. And Kyler, it's just a possible. Like I just don't think he's gonna do what he did in Houston. I mean, you can look at every single like player and say, oh, there's a possibility of something happening. Right. Like for example, right. If I took uh, Michael Thomas and I put him on, suppose I don't know, pick any team you want. Put him on the, the Patriots. Put him on the Patriots. Put him on the Patriots, right? <laughs> he might not produce the same as what he was doing on the Saints. There's a very likely chance that he doesn't produce top five fantasy potential. Like, because value. we haven't seen Michael Thomas on like other teams, but we've essentially seen Hopkins on other teams, and the other team is like a completely different team with that with different people at quarterback. Wait, what's your point? Oh, say it again. We've 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 gotten so close. We've gotten as, essentially as close as we can to seeing Hopkins on other teams with the amount of quarterbacks that he's played with. That's with, that's not another team. With that's the, just, it's kind of it, it is I a mean, different. You have to change good. the system entirely if the quarterback no, I mean, is. Different, I don't think it would the change the system entirely. Like the team it's is the very same good head coach. It's the same play calling than anyone else. Say it again. The team, the, the the Texans are very different with Deshaun Watson at quarterback than ever, anyone yeah, else. Yeah, talent wise, they're definitely different, and the things they can do with Deshaun Watson is definitely yeah. different than suppose Tess Savage or Osweiler. But at the end yeah. of the day, if the Houston's if Houston decides to throw it to DeAndre every time, that's not going to change if they get Savage or Osweiler. It's going to be the same. They're still going to throw it every time. Now, obviously, you're not in Cliff Kingsbury's head, so you don't know what he's thinking. But at the end of the day, his job is not to get like his players the most fantasy points. His job no. is to win the game. And the job, the way to win the game is to throw the ball to a top three wide receiver a lot. Yeah. That is I, a good trap. I mean, I don't think that's like logically, it doesn't seem like the best way to win. If the team is just like doubling every time, I wouldn't throw it to him like every time. Like, I mean, that that was the that was the way that Houston was able to succeed through the air. Hey, he's been doubled his entire career. Yeah, all of them. And what do they have to show for it? Well, they were they're a moderately successful team. I think moderately successful is not what the Cardinals want. I don't they okay, that, they would not have been better if they avoided throwing to Hopkins. I mean, yes, but like they don't have the talent that Car- I don't think I think the Cardinals have more talent. Like what? I think like, for receivers and for the running back, right? Wait, what? Uh, the weapons on this team are there are a lot of other weapons. Like if there was no one else on this team, they I have would definitely their weapons are Larry Fitzgerald in his probably his last season. Andy Isabella, a second-round pick who's pretty fast, I think. And that, Christian Kirk. Christian Kirk, uh, I think he's good. They're the running back for the Dolphins. I forget his name right now. Kenny Drake. Kenny Drake, yeah. And the, the Texans had uh, Hop, uh, Will Fuller, uh, Kenny Stills. And Jim uh, Crone. Kenny Stills, I don't know about Kenny Stills. They're all I mean, proven receivers. They're all, I'd take Kenny Stills over Andy Isabella. I don't know. It, it, I like, it all depends on what the Cardinals' playbook, like what their play calling is. They're, but I've, they're, they're, they're known as a pass-happy offense. And you yeah, I believe they will pass the ball a lot. Or they will attempt to pass the ball a lot. But I can't guarantee that it's going to go to Hopkins every time. And I can't guarantee that Kyler would throw it properly where he knows he knows where to throw it so that Hopkins will catch it. Uh, in the general vicinity. <laughs> That's all you need. Literally. You just okay, throw okay. it near him. I don't think we're getting anywhere. Yeah, yeah. we're beating a dead horse here. Yeah. All right. Let's let's move on. Number six, we have our first receiver who is not in our real life list, and that's Chris Godwin. Um, uh, Andy had Godwin at seven. Ishis did as always. not have Godwin <laughs> as usual. Uh, Roeth had Godwin at three, and I had Godwin at five. Um, so Andy, you want to talk about Godwin? Yeah, sure. Um, I really like Godwin's fantasy potential. Uh, last year he was very good with Jameis Winston at the helm. And this year with Tom Brady, uh, I think he's going to be even better. Um, Tom Brady isn't known for passing too many long balls like Jameis Winston was. But I think 
Godwin is the better receiver out of him and Evans, who are going to be obviously the primary two targets in that Buccaneer system. He's probably the better receiver at uh, short route running and or like you know the short area um, route running whatnot. And uh, I think his game perfectly blends in with with what Tom Brady wants. He wants um, uh, uh, he wants like uh, middle or like short middle passes. Um, I, I might, I might be mistaken, uh, promise correct me as a huge uh, Tom Brady fan yourself, but I, I feel like, uh, his game perfectly meshes with Tom Brady. Um, and yeah, that's, that's why I have him at seven. Yeah, I, I agree with that as well. Um, I think Godwin is like the perfect receiver for Brady at this point in his career. Um, he's like, so Brady always favors the guy who can create separation on a intermediate route. Um, Edelman did a like a, a very good job of that last year. Uh, I think Godwin will do an even better job of that on this offense. And I just, I, I don't know how many times I've seen just last year, I watched Edelman somehow, some way find a way to get open in the middle of the field. And Brady would always almost hyper-focus on that. Uh, it's one of the reasons why Edelman was had his best career, uh, best season of his career last year. Um, he was just those routes in in the over the middle of the field are just beautiful for Brady. Uh, Godwin will excel on those routes, I think, and he can still go deep. And he can he has a. It's not like he only runs intermediate. He can he can do more than that too. Uh, I think he's an underrated receiver. I was considering putting him at my number ten receiver for real life as well, um, and I think he'll elite for sure this year uh i have him at three which i understand is high and i i was thinking this might be a little too high um i just think him like you guys put it perfectly he's a great receiver for tom brady tom brady's very good this offense is going to be very good um and evans is going to soak up a lot of coverage uh i think these two are going to play like the godwin's going to play the edelman role evans is going to play the gronk role and I just think Godwin has great yards after catch potential. You don't think Gronk will play the Gronk role? Yeah, I was literally thinking. <laughs> I actually no, I actually don't think Gronk will. Play yeah, I, I don't think so either. Gronk is a shell of his former self. I also admittedly did forget Gronk was on this team, but <laughs> I do think Evans will play that big body that Brady can go to when things aren't working out. But uh, I do have him high. Uh, I, this is projecting. Um, I was down on him last year, and I'm compensating for that by being extra up on him this year i know isha's i know your point is going to be covid what oh isha's argument here man um okay so i start to start off i just want to say chris godwin is an extremely talented wide receiver he is one of the like he's a definitely like a top two wide receiver in the league and it would be no surprise to me that he completely plays out of his mind with tom brady that being said we can't deny the fact that chris godwin and and mike evans both excelled in fantasy last year due to a lot of Jameis's errant throwing like he threw some mo- the most ridiculous passes to these guys and half the time he got picked off half the time they caught it and 30 for the, 30. yeah the interceptions don't come on the fantasy stats for both these guys so I think with Tom Brady at the end of the day again they want to win the game so they're not going to throw as much of those errant passes that Jameis threw and I don't expect Godwin to do any better than he did last year like I don't think he can do any better than what James, oh, he's better than number two overall. Damn. No, I mean, like, yeah, like he's only going to go down from here. And considering Tom Brady, how Tom Brady played last year, I don't see him producing close to what he did 
like this past year. I think if anyone basing using that argument, I think if anyone's going to suffer from losing Jameis and going to Brady, it's going to be Evans. I agree. Right. But the thing about Evans is, at the end of the day, his consistency over the past, like, what, five, six years, I can't take that away from him. That I just yeah. feel that he'll still produce no matter what. So that's why Mike is actually in my, he's like what, number six for me. Um, Chris, he's only produced for one year, so I can't, I can't be confident. Him. Yeah, I just, I don't trust he's going to be as consistent in the future. All right. You know, I will say that's a better argument than what you gave for Hopkins. I agree. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I don't agree with it still, but it's better than what you gave for Hopkins. Uh, all right. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Let's move on. Uh, number seven, we have Omari Cooper. Uh, we talked about his route running. Andy loves it. Number six for Andy. Isis has him at seven. Rohit has him at six. I have him at nine. Um, yeah. I mean, number one target for Dak. He's the best, one of the best in the game at getting open, making sideline tiptoe catches. Um, I. I think he'll have a very similar season to what he had last year. Kind of injury prone. I feel like he's going to miss a couple games in the middle of the season. Um, and I think that's... If, if he were to play all 16 games this year, I think he would be top five. Actually, I completely forgot they got C.D. Lamb, and that changes this ranking for me. Uh, C.D. Lamb, uh, they're going to use him. They're going to they have three very, very good wide receivers. I think this yep. they got him, Michael Gallup, and C.D. Lamb. And uh, I might move Amari down maybe two spots. But uh, I think he's good. Uh, and again, number one target for Dak. That's a good offense to be in. That offense just produces for fantasy, so you can't go wrong. Yeah. Yeah. I think we talked about the main points of Amari Cooper when we went over him in the real-life version. Yeah. Uh, yeah, great route runner, number one target. Yeah, not much else to say here. Yeah, I think the point about CeeDee Lamb and Michael Gallup also – Pretty good points. Yeah. Uh, Gallup tours is the end of the year, especially right. Uh, Andy, yeah. you owned him in fantasy last year. Yeah, yeah, he was. Uh, he got. He was very inconsistent towards the middle half of the season, but as um, young receivers tend to do. Yeah, and yeah, towards the end of the season, I feel like Dak started trusting a little bit more, and, and he got thrown the ball um, quite a bit more and caught the ball more. So, yeah, and probably CD Lamb will have a similar impact. I don't. I honestly don't think he's going to cut into Cooper's production that much, which is why I still have uh, Cooper at at the sixth spot. But yeah, yeah, yeah. I have him. I think the lowest out of all of us right now. Um, and yeah, I think I just. I don't know. I he's one of those guys who I feel like every season something will come up. He'll get hit, and then he'll limp off to the sidelines, and then you'll be like, "Oh my god, I'm not going to be with my wide receiver for another week." Um, I just, he just feels injury prone and if he's not missing games, then he's missing parts of games. Uh, I had him last year and that's what it felt like for a lot of the games. Um, so I think that injury risk is one of those things that keeps him, uh, from really going way up, I think in fantasy for me. All right. So let's move on to our number eight wide receiver, uh, Mike Evans. So hi, uh, we ranked him higher in real life than, Godwin, but fantasy he's ranked lower. Andy's got him at number nine. Ishis has him at number six. Rohit has him at eight, and I have him also at eight. So uh, Ishis, your highest on Mike. What do you think? I mean, his consistency over like his entire career just gives me confidence that he's going to still deliver. Um, and especially with Tom Brady, I think like 
he still has like a very high floor where I can trust him to produce on a weekly basis. Yeah, I I agree. I think he's gonna have. I, I okay. I won't say a high floor, but I think the consistency throughout his career is too much to overlook. Um, I still like we said with with Godwin. I think Godwin fits a better mold for a Brady receiver um, right now. But I think Evans is too talented to not be ranked at least in the top ten. Yeah, I agree with the, both of those points you mentioned. Um, Mike Evans, he he might see a little bit of dip in production mainly because he doesn't have Jameis throwing it to him at any given point. Um, but I, I think that consistency, consistency speaks volumes to his fantasy potential. And honestly, like uh, you guys mentioned his consistency, and I feel like I might want to move him up a spot um, over Galladay even because um, I, I do value consistency at the uh, for fantasy in general. Um, I, I'd much rather have a... Uh, wide receiver who I know will produce rather than someone who's like it's a little bit more up in the air than than Galladay. Yeah, I think the number one thing for me is that the Bucks have absolutely no running game, um, and that's just at least last season. I didn't, I don't see much changing, so they're gonna replicate that with the short pass, and that that's what Brady's done his entire career, which is why I have Evans below Godwin. But still, you know, you can't you, you got to take advantage of that talent, and when the when the when the team is not running the ball, you're going to be throwing the ball to him, and it's probably going to go to Mike Evans. So, number eight, I think, feels pretty good. I think Andy, your point about Gallad or Evans being more consistent than Galladay, I think I don't really fully agree with that. I think when we look at the end of the season, uh, Mike Evans always has a good season, kind of like Julio, right? We we're saying like. Mm-hmm. Through, uh, by the end of the year, you'll look at back and you'll be like, "Yeah, this guy balled out. He had a lot of yards." a uh, few touchdowns uh, and every year we say that but week to week consistency I don't think Evans gives that as much I feel like Galladay is a much more consistent weekly option mm-hmm. so if you're looking for like somebody who's more consistent uh, throughout the week I feel like Evans is not it, well Evans Evans is isn't as consistent uh, as as Godwin and as Galladay, I think yeah, that's that might be because he has to pay, play Marshawn Lattimore twice a year, and I think that's a total yeah. match for me. Got I and uh, and and, yeah. and and the homie the homie Bradbury, right? He I always shuts him down on Carolina. Oh, the Panthers, yeah, yeah, he's a great cornerback. He always shuts him down. Dallas just drafted a corner number sixteen, so you never know. I mean, the NFC South is so stacked on wide receivers. Yeah, it's, uh, it's kind of unfair. Yeah, I think at one point they had like for the top five wide receivers in terms of yardage last year, which is crazy. Yeah, it's nuts. Um, all right, well, we are just talking about Galladay, and that fits pretty nicely because he's our number nine wide receiver for fantasy. Uh, Andy has him at number eight. Ishis has him at number five. Rohit doesn't have him ranked in his top ten, and I have him at number seven. So, uh, Ishis, again, why don't you start off highest on Galladay? I mean, I feel like this definitely Galladay kind of slid up due to me removing um, Chris Godwin and John Drew from my list. <laughs> no, it's facts. definitely yeah, everyone. Everyone's went up because. But of it. I feel like he's he's right right in between like that top tier and like second tier wide receiver where like he can put up big numbers, uh, but the fact that he's on the lines kind of slows him down a little bit. Uh, but he's definitely one of the underrated receivers in the league. Like, he has a talent. Uh, Stafford can throw the ball um, pretty well, so 
he's definitely someone that you can somewhat trust. Yeah, I actually totally, I actually totally agree with that. Uh, last year, uh, when David Blau started playing for the Lions, uh, Galladay kind of got shut down. Um, though he did have a couple good games, like David Blau was not a competent enough quarterback for him to like even pass it Galladay's way. And uh, and also a, a a big thing why I have Galladay as high as I do is because uh, his touchdown production. Um, there's really no other red zone threat in my opinion on the on the Lions, and having touchdowns goes a long way for um, for fantasy production. And honestly, like it, it might not be the best idea to like factor in touchdowns, but. I feel like just because he's really the only threat and Matthew Stafford's most trusted target, uh, I think I can like safely chalk in like uh, some floor as far as uh, touchdowns go. So that boosts up his fantasy value for me. Yeah, I mean, he led the league in, in receiving touchdowns last year. Oh, um, he did. I yeah, didn't know and it's it's pretty interesting actually to see like you look at the top uh, like top six wide receivers from last year. Top five. Uh, he was I think the wide receiver six last year. Um, and his reception numbers were so much lower than everybody else's. Um, like Michael Thomas had 149, Godwin had 86, Julio had 99, then Cup had 94, uh, Hopkins had 104, and then Galladay had 65. Um, so a lot of his points came from touchdowns, and I don't think that that's like a sustainable stat. I think it'll definitely still be high, but I don't think he'll lead the league in touchdowns again. Um, so I think if he's going to... If he's going to maintain a high high spot, then he's going to have to get the receptions up for sure. That's a great segue into why I do not have him ranked. Um, yeah. One, I just do not trust the Lions offense. I think as all of you guys have mentioned, uh, Matt Stafford came off a back injury and those, you know, you never know how those heal. He's been pretty injury prone. I mean, he's got pretty serious shoulder injuries earlier in his career. Now a couple uh, nicks here and there. I think also had a hip injury last year so. If we're if I'm trusting Matt Stafford to stay healthy the entire year, uh, to 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 pick Galladay, then that's not a good bet. I'd be willing to take. Um, uh, additionally, uh, this offense is just not that good, so they, you can just key in on Kenny Galladay, and I, I feel that it's a little too dangerous for me to be ranking him in my top ten with those glaring weaknesses against him. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, he's he's definitely a really good receiver, definitely, yeah. uh, and definitely he's he's he has the the skill to be the main target wide receiver one on a team, but just the team itself is not anything to write home about. Yes. All right. Um, and I guess we can round out the top ten here with another wide receiver one on a better team than I think same division. Um, it's going to be Adam Thielen. Now. Me and Andy are the only ones who have him ranked, and we both have him at 10. Uh, Ishis and Rohit both do not have them in their top 10. So, Andy, you want to explain why you think Thielen will be a top 10 receiver, fantasy-wise? Yeah. Um, so, I feel like I always start out these explanations with being like, oh, I own these. Oh, I own this player. And uh, I did own Thielen, actually, for uh, in 2018. And honestly, 2019 was probably his best year. I think he started off with like eight straight 100 yard gains. Um, and that's like, that's crazy to me. That's like one of, is, isn't is that a record or I something? I think that was a record. Yeah, yeah that was a record. A I think it speaks. I think he had a touchdown in 100 yards for eight straight weeks. Uh, well, he had a touchdown. No, I, don't, had I a, don't know about a touchdown every single He had a touchdown six straight weeks, but he had 100 yards eight straight weeks. Uh-huh. I mean, that's like, yeah. Like, okay. I think that speaks volumes to his uh, ability as a receiver. Uh, I think he's he's like very hardworking. Um, he's probably 
he, he's a very fairly good route runner, I would say. Um, and and now that Diggs is gone, um, I I feel like last year Thielen still had the majority of attention, even though Diggs was on that team. And I don't expect that to be any different this year. Uh, also because Diggs is gone. But Thieland does have that chemistry with Kirk Cousins, and I expect that to continue. Yeah, they got they got great chemistry. It's also why I haven't ranked at ten. Uh, I think now that Diggs is gone, he's he's the dude. Um, and even last year, uh, he was hurt for most of the year. But before he got hurt, he was also he kind of continued his strong uh, twenty eighteen season. Um, he had uh, I think in what the f- seven games he played before he got hurt, he had uh, six touchdowns, uh, and he had a decent amount of, of yardage as well. So. I think he's definitely, especially now that Diggs is gone, uh, Kirk Cousins definitely favors him in the game. I think he'll be a pretty solid, just safe pick at wide receiver. And I think uh, he has the touchdown upside to get into the top 10. So if you if, if he must be uh, increasing in production because Diggs is gone, then yes. I wonder how Diggs will be doing on his new team. Um, yeah, let's, let's, let's move on to Diggs then because you're the only one who had him ranked. Have him at nine too. Um, yeah. I just think that this is a match made in heaven. He was traded to Buffalo, and uh, his two skills are deep ball threat and contested catch. I think he led the league in contested catch percentage. Uh, it was like a pro football focus stat, so you can take that with a grain of salt. But still, and uh, you pair him with Josh Allen, who has uh, a huge arm and not necessarily the best accuracy, and you can see how I think. Um, and he's also clearly the number one on that offense. Now, granted, there is Isha's favorite chemistry point, but I, I think it's <laughs> not a very um, not a very hard relationship to foster. I mean, Diggs, Diggs will win a, a jump ball, and Josh Allen will be throwing a lot of jump balls. So I think that's the a recipe for success on a, a sneakily good team in Buffalo. I think they'll be really good next year. So do you think um, like John Brown or Cole Beasley will uh, like eat eat? into his production think, a little bit your number two options on a, on a good offense uh john brown is a very good speed threat and cole beasley is a very good underneath threat but they're not number one options uh john brown played decently well last year but i think he'd be best utilized as a deep threat again a sole deep threat and a speed threat whereas Diggs can take that you know intermediate routes and also take the top off the defense and do everything like a true wide receiver one should for a team yeah, that's actually yeah. I I feel like I don't give Diggs enough credit, or I didn't really give him much enough thought. That's pretty uh, it's pretty convincing. I I think I might move him up in my uh my rankings. I don't know personally. I just don't think the Bills' offense is that explosive, where Diggs can have the same opportunities that he had with the Vikings, especially with um both him and Thielen being on the same team. They definitely made things easier for each other in terms of having less focus from the defense, as well as Kirk Cousins' throwing ability is definitely far superior than Josh Allen's. So I feel like Diggs won't do as well. Josh Allen's still growing, though. I think that's... Not, that's I mean, yes, but he's not as accurate and as capable as Kirk Cousins. Yeah, the accuracy is a big thing. Um, but I think Rohit's thing is Diggs doesn't need an like a supremely accurate passer to be successful. Yep. That um, was the thing. Yeah. Yeah, that's a that's a good that's a good point there. One other um, point is um, he's playing Stefan Gilmore twice a year. Yeah, yeah. Got <laughs> to get Gilly locked, man. That's just two games that you can take that's him out at four. I don't know. John Brown broke broke uh, Gilmore's ankles last year. You think they might put uh, 
Gilmore on John Brown all day. Oh, yeah. No, if anything, I'll tell him not to put Gilmore on Brown. Mm. And just keep him on digs. All right, bench him two two weeks a year. That's not too bad. Yeah. (laughs) It's a 14-game season for digs. Yep. All right. Um, Another man who was on your list and your list alone, Rohit, you want to talk about Cooper Cup? I do want to talk about Cooper Cup. I was not at all high on Cooper Cup, I think, last year. I picked him up in, like, the ninth round or something. I I just picked him up because uh, I think Promise and our other friend Sankop, you guys were always talking about him. I didn't see him play. I didn't see the hype. But I picked him up, and, man, Cooper Cup, every game when he for, like, the first, I think, 10 or 11 games, it was just so – it was so it's such a pleasant surprise. He get, like, eight catches in 120 yards or something like that. Not necessarily a whole bunch of touchdowns, but – I still believe in a Sean McVay-led offense with a capable quarterback in Jared Goff. Um, and I think Jared Goff's favorite target is clearly Cooper Cup. And Cooper Cup, uh, he has everything, except maybe like over-the-top potential. He has uh, good hands, good route running, uh, good yards after catch, uh, good volume even in that offense. And I think they also got rid of Brandon Cooks. Yeah, they got rid of Cooks. It's him and Robert Woods and uh, those two guys. Uh, I think they're going to eat. So do you think that the departure of Cooks hurts Cooper Cup? Because one thing that I feel really, right I, away, I feel like having the threat of three really solid receivers was such a like it, it really benefit Cooper Cup. Um and then I feel like the moment that Cooks got hurt last year and then he started missing games, that was also when we started to see Cooper Cup's production dip a little. I think that's a fair point, but uh, now that Sean McVay made that trade for a reason, and uh, he would have seen if uh, Brandon Cooks had a huge effect, uh, I think that Sean McVay can figure it out. I have that that trust in his offensive mind. Within an entire- another thing is they you don't know if the Rams will have a run game next year. Hey, they drafted so, they drafted a second round running back. I mean, I I, think- I mean yeah, but it's still up in air like the air. It's up in you don't know if they're for sure gonna have a solid run game. And I feel like that's okay. Honestly, I, I don't agree with that point about the run game because as good as Todd Gurley was, that uh like the offensive line and the offensive scheme just opened up so many holes for Todd Gurley to run behind. Uh, granted, he was obviously a very good running back and he elevated that team to that team's offense, but like I, I think there was a stat where he was like creating some of he was not creating that many yards after contact for all for any of the major uh, running backs or the the running backs with the most rushing yards in the league. Right. And okay, wait, you should just go ahead. You... Oh, okay. yeah, but I mean, it's definitely like at the end of like Tiger is still I think an elite running back when he was at his best. Yes. And that his ability to run the ball so well opened up a lot of the passing game with their play actions. And I, I feel like, like if that wasn't the case last year though. In this scheme, I'm, you don't need a star running back or uh, yeah. any kind of running back. Like, there's enough holes to run behind where, like, I feel like any competent running back can make, uh, can like, you know, get a, get a lot of rushing yards. Get the defense to respect the run. And yeah, yeah, exactly. You, and you, you run it back with Cooper Cup. I mean, yeah, but I'm not sure if the defense will respect it if it's like some rookies or like instead of like even though Targley didn't play that well last year, his presence on the field alone. Main defenses, you know, change their scheme up just to uh, focus like a little bit more on the run when they played the Rams. I think you will always have to respect a Sean McVay-led run game, regardless of who's the actual person carrying the ball. I think okay. he's a play caller. Okay. I mean, the Rams' offensive line has been pretty rough, though. Like last year, yeah. 
Yeah. And it, I I don't know. I don't I don't think they're gonna. I don't. I feel like the run game this year for the Rams is gonna be very bad. Um. I. But again, like you say, I feel like Sean McVay is gonna make. He's he's. I feel like he recognizes yeah, that. Yeah, he's gonna yeah. recognize that. Yeah. And he he'll find a way to make the offense be competent at least. And the way to do that is to run it through. I feel like easy-ish passes across yep. the middle to Robert Woods and, and Cooper Cup. I think they're both wide receiver twos, like very solid wide receiver twos. Yeah, I feel like uh, one of them is def- probably going to sneak into the top ten. And mm. I think that's going to be good. Yeah, it's fair. I mean, every every year I feel like uh, Robert Woods was also very close. Yeah, to like towards the end of the year, he started like blowing out. Definitely. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. What was it? I think Cup was top ten last year. Yeah, yeah Cup, Cup was. Cup was. Cup was. Yeah. Um, Woods started balling out towards the end of the year last year. Number four. Yeah. Yeah. All I'm saying. Yeah. <laughs> definitely, definitely potential there. Um, all right. So we're just talking about a, a kind of a bad run game and how that might affect a receiver. So let's move on to the Steelers with their question marks at running back and how that might affect Juju, because Ishis is very high on Juju by keeping him in his top 10. Yeah. Nobody else be, has it ranked. What do you think, Ishis? I'll be honest. Uh, I kind of fell in love with him when he had that <laughs> super great year for me a couple years ago. That's yeah, fair. But, I think yeah. we um, But I feel like I'm hoping that ben, Big Ben will be healthy next year after having a surgery. And mm-hmm. if he is healthy, I feel that the Steelers have enough weapons with Juju that he won't feel completely on his own and he'll be able to take advantage of some of the opportunities that will come to him. As well as him being like the one option in that offense that Big Ben truly like trusts. So I feel like he he has a safe floor if Big Ben is healthy. Here's my thing with Juju. I, I never true I haven't I haven't he hasn't given me any reason for me to trust him yet. His best season came with Antonio Brown soaking up all the attention. Right. And then, like we said, the best indicator of wide receiver success or wide receiver talent is when you take everything away, do they still produce? And he did not produce last year when they took everything away. Now, granted, some of that stuff is coming back, but Antonio Brown is not coming back. Uh, Big Ben at his peak is not coming back. And uh, I, I, don't, uh, I don't trust him yet. I, I, I could see it happening. I wouldn't be totally surprised. But again, I wouldn't be totally surprised if he fizzles out and doesn't or maybe like a, a number 20 receiver. That wouldn't affect me at all. Yeah. Uh, I think Isis has a lot of faith in in Deontay Johnson as well. Yeah, and some of the other receiving threats on the team. Uh, I personally don't. Eric Ebron and they drafted yeah. rookie. Yeah. Yeah. Eric Ebron. <laughs> wait, wait. Eric Ebron scares no one, honestly. Unless yeah, man. I guess maybe. I don't know. I feel like Eric Ebron scares Lions fans more than he scares anyone else. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. I I just don't trust any other option on the Steelers to take any like real attention away from Juju, and like we said, there's like there hasn't been any proof that Juju can handle number yeah. one coverage. Yeah, I mean when even when like when he had that really good season, like you could say Antonio Brown had a lot to do with it, but even though he was still playing pretty well with some of the best corners that were on him. I know against the Jaguars, he was getting guarded by like Jalen Ramsey someplace. He still caught it over him. So, I mean, I feel like obviously Juju's not one of the most talented receivers in the league. But I feel like, again, the opportunity is the key to, you know, his fantasy success. Mm. Yeah. All right. That's a, 
also a fair point. Um, now we can talk about, you have two more people in your top 10 that neither of us had ranked, or none of us had ranked. Uh, right. So let's start, we already started with number 10 at Juju, so let's go up to number 9 on Ishis. Talking about Odell Beckham. What do you see that we don't, Ishis? I mean, I feel like people are definitely down on him because of last year, and it's still like a fresh memory where people don't trust him anymore, as right. they used to trust him on the Giants. But I mean, I still think his talent is one of, he's one of the most talented wide receivers again. And I feel like uh, with the new head coach and more time to gel with Baker, he might, you know, get a better sense of his role in the system, as well as, you know, improve his opportunities. Because, I mean, last year, whatever I saw from Odell, I never felt that he just wasn't playing good enough to be a fantasy option. I feel like it was more of the offense just being abysmal in general. Because he was still making some pretty ridiculous catches on his own, right? Against the Jets and against the Bengals. I mean, Bengals and Jets aren't well. But, but he was making some pretty good catches himself, so... Yeah. yeah, he was also playing with, what, the sports hernia or whatever, mm-hmm. right, the whole year. Something like that. He had some injury that was going on the whole year, so. Yeah, sports hernia. Yeah. I think it's just been too long since he's produced for me, um, or in general, for anyone. Uh, produced at a, like a, at a wide receiver one level uh, that, you know, again, with this offseason, how much can he really get done with Baker? Granted, I, I think it is a steep learning curve, so that first year is out of the way. Maybe they can get, Maybe they can get on the same page. I was high on the Browns. Uh, I I do I do still like Odell a lot. I have him at number seven, but um, I see Jarvis eating into a lot of his volume, and that Austin Hooper eating into a lot of that red zone production. So um, he may not have the top end. Uh, I mean, talent. I feel like two good wide receivers can still like be good fantasy options together, like we saw with Thielen and Diggs, right? But that was after they both were able to build a connection with Kirk Cousins. Right, like if they, I feel like that could be what the Browns have, especially with um, the Vikings' offensive coordinator. Right, he's yep. now their new head coach. So That's I feel good. like if they run a similar system like that, Odell can be like the Stefan Diggs, except it's Odell. So even that's better. actually a very good point. <laughs> yeah, I like that point. That's actually. a that's a very good argument, Ishis. I because I'm I'm yeah actually thank you. <laughs> that is a very good argument because I am very high on OBJ's talent. I still like I had him ranked at number five in real life. Um, so that, that scheme is, that's a good point. It's a good point. All right. Now you have made a compelling argument for OBJ. Now make a similarly compelling argument for Allen Robinson at number eight on your ranking. I mean, last year, Allen Robinson did pretty well for himself. Let me just check where, uh, he was the 12th ranked wide receiver, I want to say. Yeah. I feel like he should definitely take a step up. Do you see Mitch Trubisky getting better? I'm honestly praying that he loses the job to Nick Foles. <laughs> I think, I, think okay, I heard okay. something that Nick Foles might be opting out. Oh, okay. <laughs> Thanks. Well, let, let's just talk about the case that Nick Foles is still playing. Yeah, I think Nick Foles definitely is good with big, like, with wide receivers who can catch in the air, especially like how he did with Alshon Jeffrey, right? Like, and I feel like at least he's competent enough to. He was so he, bad last year on the Jazz. Right. Right. Right there, he was so bad last year. I'm sad, but Trubisky was really bad. <laughs> Trubisky's really oh, bad. yeah, 100. But like, you're um, going from- and even with that, even with Trubisky, like Robinson played pretty well, along with the fact that he's pretty much the only like decent option on that offense, receiving wise. Yeah, the volume's going to be there. I 100 agree right. with you. Like, and Ken- he's definitely talented. Like, 
Yeah, no doubt. Talented and volume. But it's the man. Bears, dude. <laughs> I understand it's the Bears. But yeah, I mean, I don't feel like there was any different situation. It's not in any. Sorry. There is, it's not any different situation than it was last year. Uh, like they, I, I don't think they added any weapons on offense. It's still the same quarterback. So, I, like, there's there's no situational change. They got Jimmy Graham. Okay, Jimmy Graham's, oh, uh, okay, Jimmy Jimmy Graham's not going to cut into Allen They Robinson got Jimmy right? Graham, though. Like, so what is he going to do? Catch three touchdowns the entire year? Yeah. yeah. I think his floor like, is definitely up there. He's definitely a solid I think, floor. I think Allen Robinson, yeah, yeah. I think he definitely still has a, a solid floor. Uh, seeing as he's the number one option in that, and probably a safety valve for whoever is that quarterback for the Bears next year. Uh, yeah, and I'm hoping the Bears do somewhat better. Like they have to do a little bit better than what they were doing last year offensively. Yeah, and, I'll, I'll, I agree with that. I think there's nowhere to, for them to go but up. Uh-huh. Um, hopefully, I, you know David Montgomery starts playing better and yeah. they can have like a solid run game as well. So. But how they didn't see anything? How are these? How are these players just gonna start playing better? And There's you can... only you can only go up from here, bro. Dude, you can only go up. Like yeah, they were they were they were so bad last year that I find it hard for them to be worse than yeah, they were like, last year. Uh, I hope Mike Nagy schemes something up. Until until either of those guys prove anything, uh, uh, was, like see the concept was that the wor- like last year was the worst like possible thing like like offensively they were like the worst that they could possibly be, and Allen Robinson still produced. So yeah. I feel like, you know, he should still produce. As long as they don't get any worse, you know? <laughs> All right. Yeah, there's, no, there's definitely nothing to suggest that he would do any worse. So, I mean, yeah, I, if, I if, if you want some stats on how bad the Bears' offense was, 29th in points per game, 29th in yards per game, 31st oh in oh yards God. per play, 32nd in net yards per attempt. And this is a league where Ryan Finley is a starting quarterback. Exactly. For who? For the Bengals last year. Imagine if the Bears drafted Patrick Mahomes. What a different league. They had to trade up, though. No, they had. They drafted Trubisky, dude. Yeah, they traded up for Trubisky. Oh, shit. They traded up up to get him. Yeah. One up. Yeah. No, I definitely see Robinson's talent. I just think he's more of a wide receiver, too, than a wide receiver, one. Yeah, I don't. Again, with Galladay, I just don't trust that offense. Man, the NFC North. Wow. I didn't really, I didn't really consciously think about it, but oh my, yeah, we just talked about all the NFC North guys like almost in a row here. Yeah. Or and sorry, no, OBJ, no, OBJ and Duchu were AFC. I'm, I'm sure. Monte was there. Yeah. But my, my point was, man, the NFC North has two very, very untrustworthy offenses. Yeah. And that's that's a shame. There's some good players going to waste. I think. Mm-hmm. Come to the Niners. We need wide receivers. Oh. <laughs> That can be said for everyone. Uh, All right. Um, so that is our top 10. Just to round it out, we'll just go over it one more time. So for fantasy, we had Michael Thomas at one, Julio Jones at two, Tyreek Hill at three, Devontae Adams at four, DeAndre Hopkins at five, Chris Godwin at six, Amari Cooper at seven, Mike Evans at eight, Kenny Galladay at nine, and Adam Thielen at 10. We also had honorable mentions, you could say, for Stefan Diggs, Cooper Cup, Odell Beckham, Juju, and Allen Robinson. So I feel like overall, the real-life list and fantasy list were pretty similar. At least uh, the top tier was basically the same. Our yeah, top five was the same. Our yeah. Delta was basically Adam Thielen versus OBJ, I think. Just and eyeballing. Chris Godwin, too. 
Oh, Chris Godwin. Yeah, yeah. Keenan Allen. Chris Godwin gets a huge boost just from playing with Tom Brady. In yeah. my opinion. I think so. I'm, I'm going to be honest. I think next season, if uh, the same thing, if we do the same exact thing next season, I feel like Godwin will be on my real life list. I, I could see it. I, I mean, I was definitely debating like who to put at number 10, like Galladay, yeah. Godwin. There was a bunch of people I was considering. So yeah. if, if he proves to be an even better receiver than he was last year, like I, I think he easily makes top 10 yep. next year. Yep. yep. All right. Well, that is going to do it for us. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Uh, make sure you check the description on Spotify. See how you can support the podcast. Uh, but until then, we will see you next time. Thanks for tuning in. See ya.